When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart You can finally start To live your Happy New Year, everyone. This is Lisa here on The Truthiest Life. I'm your host. We've got new episodes every Friday, and this holiday season is no different. But what is different is the type of episodes that I put out last week and this week. And rather than focus on the person's individual story, I brought on experts that can help us learn how to live our truthiest life. So like I said in the last episode, I get the question, how do I live my truthiest life more than anything since I started this and the truth is there is no right or wrong way to do it. The fact is we're always falling in and out of alignment. We're always learning more about ourselves if we're willing to. And this next episode is with Julia Ford Carther on our emotional intelligence. And if you've never heard of that term, Julia is going to break it down. But the fact is, is that we have emotions, right? But how can we cultivate some self-awareness, some tools to learn what the emotions tell us? And how can we learn how these emotions are actually affecting our bodies, our physical bodies and our reactions? And I feel like Julia just landed on my lap. I heard her speak. And the second I heard her speak very serendipitously, I was like, this woman needs to come on The Truthiest Life. Because it's only until we access our emotions, especially the hard ones, that we are able to make big choices in our life and big decisions. And that's what emotional intelligence is about, knowing how to access those emotions, being willing to access those emotions and make changes that might be hard in the moment, but ultimately lead to little pieces of freedom that are kind of like the fire that's pushing us forward. So 
This has been, again, a crazy year, but the highlight for me has been launching this podcast. I could not have done it without you all, and I feel your support and your love holding me up. Those of you who have listened to every single episode, I, I bow to you for, you know, seeing me and I see you right back. This year has just been crazy. And although I feel like, you know, you probably think, oh, you know, she just does Instagram and social media. I mean it when I say that I can't imagine where I'd be without you listeners, Instagram, quote unquote followers, you know, all this stuff. I talk to most of you or a lot of you on the day to day back and forth. And it it's what got me through this year, without a doubt. And I can't thank you enough for challenging me, for believing in me, for helping me when I, you know, something's in my blind spot and for helping me be my best me. I am pretty excited for 2021, not because I am so excited to get away from 2020, but I learned so much this year that I really want to take with me and use that wisdom to help me live my fullest life. So I hope that you'll just check in with yourself before you kind of run far from this year. Ask yourself maybe one thing, you know, what did you learn this year? What are you going to take with you? And what are you going to let go of? Just maybe a simple practice to check in with you. All right. Without further ado, let's jump into Julia's episode on emotional intelligence. And I am wishing you a happy, happy new year from the bottom of my heart. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life. Today I have on a new friend who I very serendipitously got to hear speak and immediately knew that she was going to be an awesome guest for the podcast. Her name is Julia Ford Carther, right? Do you go by all those names, Ford Car- Carther? Yeah. Yeah, there's even a middle one in there, but you know, it's it's real fun trying to get through TSA <laughs> with, with all those What's names. the middle? Marguerite. Oh, that's beautiful. Four total. Thank you. Very beautiful. You. So Julia is an emotional intelligence coach and that's kind of what we're going to cover today a concept called eq and really the purpose is to really answer the question that i'm getting from all of you since i started this podcast which is how do i live my authentic life and julia enters and helps us understand what our emotions mean so that we could learn what to do with that she also helps people with business and relationships she does amazing things so can you tell us a little bit about EQ just to kick it off? Absolutely. So emotional intelligence, really all it is, is, you know, emotions are just data. The, the word intelligence in there, that's literally, it's information, it's knowledge, it's data. So when we talk about emotional intelligence, really what we're looking for is we're trying to figure out what our emotions are telling about ourselves, about the experience that we're in, about the other people and the dynamic that we're involved with. So that's one part is what our, our own emotions are saying to us about us. The second part of it is understanding the emotions and drives of other people. Mm. And then when you get to that point, then you can have you know, better communication, better teamwork, better creativity when you're collaborating with other people or better outcomes when you are working with others or just relating to others. We're not doing that right now. We're not thinking critically about our emotions or the emotions of other people. How do you describe the state that most of us are in when it comes to being emotional or other people's emotions? 
We live in a world where we're constantly distracted from ourselves, right? We're bombarded with social media, endless Netflix binging, other people's opinions, other people, even, you know, even books, you know, self-help, all of that, which is funny because this is what we're talking about. But even that type of information can even get us off track if we're not super centered in who we are and what we really need. And so most of us, I mean, look, you grow up, as a kid, you are dependent upon other people to help you survive, right? Sure. The, the ages zero to seven are extremely formative. That's when we're the, our most impressionable and when we start to form our beliefs, which are handed down to us by other people. Plain and simple. We can't really get around that. So what happens is if we continue to live in accordance with what other, what, you know, these stories or these rules that other people have taught us early on, and we don't ever necessarily individuate and understand that we have our own rules for our own life. And there are things that we want to do that absolutely no one else has had any influence over whatsoever. If we don't get to that point, we continue to live in usually what it is, is in a survival identity. Mm -hmm. We live through our survival identity and that survival identity was formed early on because if there was any part of you, any part of your true authentic self that you felt was threatened or you felt was unacceptable or rejected or could potentially lead you to getting bullied or feeling unloved or just not accepted by community, which is your family, your neighborhood, your friends, whoever, if you felt that your true self or an aspect of your true self was not accepted, not good enough, you formed another identity to help you survive so that you could be accepted by your community. And this, I mean, this is very basic. This is very bi biological. There's nothing wrong with that. What, what we have an opportunity to do, however, when we, when we grow up and we live, we start to step into the world on our own, we have the opportunity to reclaim whatever part of ourselves we hid or we rejected in order to form that survival identity. Mm. Most of us are still operating in the survival identity way into adulthood and making decisions from that survival identity, which are not necessarily in alignment with who we actually are. So how can we begin to become more emotionally self-aware? I think the biggest thing is understanding that Number one, your emotions and your thoughts. You are not your emotions, nor are you your thoughts. So when you're having an emotional reaction or you're having maybe a negative thought pattern, understanding that that's temporary, that's not actually who you are. So if you're about to make a massively important decision in a very emotionally charged state, understand for one, you know, you, you want to create some distance between your emotions and yourself so that you're not making decisions again, either from that survival identity or from a temporary emotional state that's not necessarily serving you. Now, what the trick of it is, is being able to cut out all the noise so that you can actually start to understand like how you feel like what is your neutral what's your true authentic starting point right and that can be challenging i mean we are taught to again fill our time fill voids fill silences oh you know everybody always gets uncomfortable with the silence a lot of people are avoiding their emotions because they know 
that if they stopped and started to actually feel some of them, Mm -hmm. they are going to be very uncomfortable. You know, there's a reason why that we suppress and repress our emotions. I mean, I get, you know, I get it. (laughs) I'm not knocking it. But if our goal is truly to start to live in an authentic way in alignment with who we are, we have to know how we want to feel. So that's why I think EQ is so, so important when it, when it comes to living an authentic life, because our emotions are actually our guardrails. The data that we're collecting from our emotions is letting us know, hey, this is actually going to support you in your true authentic alignment, and you should do more of this, or you should engage more with this person, or whatever it is that's making you feel positive, which positive feelings are a derivative of love right? That when you really boil it down, there's two sets of uh, emotions. There's fear-based emotions and there's love-based emotions. So the ones you want to head towards are, are you want to head towards the love-based emotions. Now that can present in various ways, depending on how you uniquely like to feel loved and supported and all of that. But ultimately, that's what we're trying to lead or head towards is love-based emotions. If something is making you feel anxiety or like you're contracting and you actually get smaller, like you can feel, you can, you know, our bodies will shrink and will kind of cower away. There's a, there's a, a physical, you know, reaction to certain emotions. That's trying, yeah, that's your emotional data set trying to let you know, oh, this is, you have no business getting, getting involved with this. This is, this is not going to support you. This is going to take you out of alignment. And it's, it's about being able to differentiate and discern. And I feel like I'm a walking before and after of somebody who had zero emotional intelligence to a decent emotional intelligence without those words, simply because I know a lot of my audience as well, you know, I'm really sensitive. And I grew up with two older brothers. And, you know, I was always if crying. And if I cried, it was, oh, she's so sensitive. And I never wanted to be sensitive. So I was so quick to try not to cry. Or when I did, you know, get over it fast that I never failed to realize that there was information about who I was in there. And absolutely. Now that I know I am not my emotions, that's really the critical difference. I can discern what the emotion means. So I think everybody as a, as a listener needs to rec- really take that first point home. You are not your emotions. You are not your thoughts. They exist. But when we continue to not allow them to come up. We can stay fused to them. Is the I, I don't know if fused is the best word. That's the word I always use, but I feel like you would probably have a better word for it. Like we think we are our emotions or we are our thoughts and then there's no separation. Right. We identify, identify. with our emotions because our ego. So there's, there's your egos at work as well. And this is where it gets tricky is because if you get in an emotionally challenged situation, the first way your body is going to react is it's going to be an egoic reaction. So I always use the example of like road rage because it's benign and everybody's experienced it. Road rage is something, so let's say somebody cuts you off and then if you're like me or like I used to when I was driving and had road rage, you would spout off maybe you, you know, curse out loud to nobody in particular. I mean, some people even take it so far as to get physical and try and chase down somebody. Mm -hmm. What is being triggered is actually your ego is trying to protect you 
the emotion that's coming up that's beneath the, the egoic reaction is I don't feel safe. I am not safe. Now, if you've had any experience in your lifetime where you never felt safe, that trigger is going to be even more hypersensitive. Mm. If, if you grew up feeling safe or if you've historically always felt safe for the most part in your life, you're probably not going to have such a reaction. However, if feeling unsafe is something that you're familiar with and the last time you felt unsafe or the very first time you felt unsafe and you were vulnerable and your, your environment, your physical safety or, or emotional safety was compromised that wound, that emotional wound is getting triggered and your ego is firing off mm. to try and protect you. So even though the event is drastically different than the initial trauma or event that caused the unsafety, it, you get close to that button, you're getting the pop-off reaction pretty much. Right, right, right. Because you're identifying your your identity, your survival identity that you developed probably at some point between zero and seven years old. If that traumatic or, or just unsafe experience happened, then your identity is uh, I'm unsafe. I am not supported. Nobody's protecting me. I can't protect myself. That's a big one. I can't protect myself. So in adulthood, when that translates, you know, into, like you said, other situations that have absolutely nothing to do with the original experience or the original trauma, that survival identity of I am, I am too vulnerable, I am not safe, I'm, I can't support myself, nobody's supporting me, I can't protect myself, nobody else is protecting me, that gets fired up. But in reality, you are safe. You are a sovereign adult now. You have a different set of choices available to you. You're not vulnerable in the same way that you were back when you were a kid or back when it happened the first time. And it's being able to understand and separate those two so that eventually you can lay down the survival identity, heal the wounds. And then what will happen when you, when, the more you start to heal those wounds, what will happen is your ego is still going to fire off. But you understand, oh, that's just my ego. It won't take over your entire body or self or identity for the next one day, seven days, years, however long it stays with you. You'll be able to say, oh, that's just my ego. I appreciate my ego trying to protect mm -hmm. me. I don't need the protection anymore because I am in command of who I am. I'm in command of my life right now. I'm in command of my body and my space. And I know I'm okay. Yeah. Also, you know, our, our emotions can get stuck in our bodies. And sometimes as if you're new to this practice of allowing emotions, which I laugh, but that's most of us, tapping into your body, I think, can be a good first way of release because you might have jammed them down so hard <laughs> if you're like me that I have aches and pains that I think are at least somewhat related to emotional stuffing, for lack of a better word. And in the class that I heard you speak in, my friend Mimi and her yoga class, we talked about how um, emotions get stuck in different body parts. So can you help us understand that? And then how we can use our physical bodies to release these emotions to get the data? Yeah, absolutely. So we certainly, like you said, if you have tight joints or tight muscles, that's usually, or, or, or like, like lower back pain, shoulder pain, neck pain, those types of things, that's usually an indicator that you're holding on to tension or potentially even old emotional wounds in those areas. Of course, 
you know, medical disclaimer, I'm not a medical professional. Yeah. If you, you know, if you really need to seek the advice of your medical professional. But for me, a lot of it was in my uh, sciatica actually. Too, yeah. And knees as well. And those, if you if you look up the the meaning of some of like lower lower body and your joints and legs in particular, those speak to being able to move forward in life. Mm. And sciatica in particular, mine was really bothering me in my hamstring, the back of my leg. That one connects the knee, which allows you to move forward, and the you know, and the hip, which also allows you to move forward. But that's the big like muscle group that actually gets you to propel. Yeah forward right action there or no action if you're stuck exactly exactly and it was bothering me because i was holding back on moving forward on information that i already had but actually wasn't taking action on it Mm. so that's the other key component about once you start to develop your emotional intelligence and you can start to listen to what your body is telling you listen to what your emotions are telling you then the next part is to be able to trust that information and trust yourself. A lot of uh, elements of our the way we live life teach us to not trust our own information, teaches us to seek external validation rather than developing strong internal validation. So there's five components of emotional intelligence as developed by Daniel Goleman, mm. who kind of, he was the guy who sort of wrote, literally wrote the book on EQ uh, back in 96. But his five components are self-awareness, self-regulation, internal motivation, social skills, and empathy. And in my work, I've taken the internal motivation part and actually I think it's internal validation. To be able to say, I know myself, I know what I'm feeling is right and is telling me the truth about the situation or this experience. And I am going to do what I need to do in order to take command of the situation, to create safety for myself, to create sovereignty for myself so that I feel okay and so that my needs are being met. Mm. Because when your needs are being met from that highest place, would you say that the survival version of us that you described, that like that kind of falls to the wayside because we found the true way to survive, not the perceived or old way to survive. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So the survival identity, you'll be able to set that down because how you're actually living is your own identity, your real identity. And a lot of the times the reason why we don't live authentically is because we feel that it is unsafe to do so. Beautiful. Once you reclaim that, you have command of that, you are safe because you trust yourself. And you know that without a doubt, it doesn't matter who comes along and says whatever they're going to say. You know you. Mm -hmm. You know that it's okay to be you. You have permission to be you. You're allowed to be you. It's right and true to be you. It is right. I think to, to me, that was a really big thing. It's right for me to be me. Yep. And I thought a great question asked in our class yesterday that I would love to reiterate is how do we know that that voice is working in our behalf? How do we know that that message is correct? Because I can't answer that. I don't know. I just know. So maybe you could help me teach everyone else how to discern. Absolutely. So you can walk in life understanding that your true self, your true essence that that the real voice inside of you is never going to talk smack to you. (laughs) She or he loves you like it just unconditionally a lot. I think a lot of us, I don't know about a lot of us, but I certainly grew up not knowing what unconditional love Mm. was. I I knew, I I knew very conditional love. The voice inside of you, the real you, 
and it, and you know this and this lines up with spiritual practices religious practices science practices right doesn't really it doesn't really matter where you fall in what category you fall in but it's that core essence it's never going to be negative it's never going to say you are not enough you're un, you're unlovable you're not worthy it's never going to say that it's never going to try and make you feel small ever mm-hmm. ever if those types of thoughts are coming up 99.99% of the time that came from somewhere else that came from conditioning and programming either from the people that you were around when you grew up and again going back to what we t- what I talked about earlier you know the environment that you grew up in between 0 and 7 or and beyond or it could even even be you know the media or so, uh, society's influence cultural influences again all these sort of external elements or external variants that are bombarding you and and basically trying to get you to not believe who you are and that it's right to be you. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Paid by up-level rewards. Paid participation required at your portrayal. Attention all listeners. Are you ready to earn $750? Well, get ready because I'm about to introduce you to GetMy750.com, the ultimate way to earn. Here's the scoop. Instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing, you have the chance to earn additional cash. That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at GetMy750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash with GetMy750.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out GetMy750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at GetMy750.com. Just go to GetMy750.com or Google Get My 750 Cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. That's GetMy750.com. GetMy750.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit RightRug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. So sometimes we get these voices that say powerful things, but if we listen to them, our lives are going to be shaken and we're going to maybe lose people or relationships. Would you say that sometimes those voices are pushing us and there is loss involved? If you have developed a life based on your survival identity, 
if you have developed friendships, relationships, job, career, based on your survival identity, which is what you think other people want you to be, mm-hmm. then I can guarantee you, and I don't guarantee very many things, yes. but I can guarantee you that once you start to step into your true identity, you are absolutely going to lose things. You're going to lose people. You might lose the city. You know, you might need to decide to move your entire environment. That loss is usually the number one reason why we are not taking steps to actually live in our uh, in alignment with our authentic self. I call it the fear of the fallout because mm-hmm. things just go fall away. Every time it happens with every client I work with, every single time, and it's significant. I mean, I won't sugarcoat it at all. They can be a partner that you've been with for six years that you thought you were going to marry, and then you start to finally accept yourself and realize that they were never supportive mm-hmm. of who you are. What you, what usually what ha- a lot of times what happens is you will find that, depending on how out of alignment you are or not, the people in your life or the maybe even the career, the job that you have is actually dependent on you not being you. Yep. I hear you. Say that again. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> the people in your life, the job that you have, they're actually dependent on you not being you if you have brought them into your life from a survival identity place. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. They, their success is dependent on you staying small and out of alignment. Wow. You self-sacrificing. That's what they need. What is self-sacrifice? Let's go over that. Yep. So it's, it's again, it's when you, there are, there are qualities of you, there are true elements of who you are and what you need in this life. It really, a lot of it comes down to our needs. Uh, and when we grew up in an environment where we had to develop a survival identity, Again, I spoke about those elements of ourselves that we learned were unworthy or unlovable or were potentially going to be rejected by somebody. We learned real quick, I have to sacrifice this part of myself in order to stay alive, in order to survive, in order to be accepted, in order to have the resources available to me from my family or from my community. And again, if we stick with that survival identity, there are going to be Mm -hmm. parts of yourself that you have completely just let go of and sacrificed entirely. It can be something like a dream of yours. That's that's a pretty relatable example. Maybe you always wanted to be an actress, but you grew up in a family of lawyers and that was what you were told you had to do. It could be the type of person that you want to love. Mm-hmm. You might have had to sacrifice that in your life. It could be the type of lifestyle that you want to live. It doesn't really matter. But if you had to develop an entirely different identity in order to survive, there are going to be parts of yourself that you sacrificed completely in order to do so. Now, this might be very confusing because you might have a love for a person or even a part of your work or whatever it is, and you have to say goodbye to it. Is there a mourning period? How can we mourn? And what does the mourning period look like? That's such a good question because this is one of the parts that I feel like nobody talks about in this line of work. The mourning of your old self is very, very real. It is very confusing when it comes up because what will happen is you, can, you, you know, you, you get the information from the data, you understand that you're out of alignment, you understand what you are being asked to do in order to get an alignment, and then you've even gotten to the point where you've accepted the, the fallout, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You've accepted what you're going to have to walk away from. And even when you get through that, you get that far, 
as scary as all of it sounds, it actually is feeling pretty good because what's happening is you're taking command back. You're developing confidence in yourself and that feels really, really good. You're not like contracting anymore, like you said. You're exactly. expanding exactly. and that's a good feeling. You are. Yeah, it can be uncomfortable, but ultimately mm -hmm. what you'll find is there are going to be better moments than not. And then, <laughs> you know, it's, it's different for everybody, but usually what I'll find is when you start to the morning process of the old self is close towards kind of right when you're about to cross the, the threshold, mm -hmm. right? Maybe you've stepped away from the relationships that you needed to step away from. Maybe you've started to make all these tangible shifts in your life and you're feeling good. And then all of a sudden you'll kind of slam. It's, it's like getting caught in quicksand or kind of slamming up against all these emotions. And it's very confusing because you've already healed and processed a lot of stuff usually by this point. But that's what it is. It is mourning the old self. It's kind of the ego's last like Hail Mary, right? To try and get you to not do what you're about to so do. So self-doubt, self-doubt is going to come up. It can be self-doubt. It can be literal sadness and tears and just like and anything that you haven't necessarily processed up until this point, it can show up like that. It can even look like a rock bottom. Mm. It really, it can't, like that level of maybe despair or just like deep, deep sadness. It's the stuff that we didn't want to feel all these years finally coming up, but it's not necessarily pointed at anybody else. It is us having to say to the survival identity, thank you so much for getting me this far. I don't need you anymore. I love you, but I don't need you anymore. I think this could be extra confusing when we are allowing emotions to finally come up and then we have an idea of what they should mean. So we think sadness might mean, you know, run home and go back to what you were doing. Do you think right. that we need to learn new meanings of emotions, meaning sadness might not be a clue that you're doing something wrong? Yes. So this is so interesting that you're asking me about this right now, because I just had a similar experience personally yesterday with anxiety and what anxiety is meaning for me now, because it's meaning different things than it used to. But it's again, it's that concept of you are not your emotions. It's just data trying to tell you what's going on. So if you were sad about something five years ago and it meant one thing, it's not going to mean the same thing today. Mm -hmm as your morning. And it certainly doesn't mean that you need to regress or backstep. In fact, I would say <laughs> the more that's coming up to be released and processed, the more you can have confidence that you're headed in the right direction. Yeah, that's true. That could feel cognitively wrong, but I think it's important to cognitively hear now that if the signals are really loud to go home, the stronger you need to not go home. And by home, I right. mean survival, sorry, the word is survival self? The su survival self or survival identity. Survival yeah. identity. It's, it's the ego is always going to want you to stay in the comfort zone, mm -hmm. always. By the time you've gotten to the place where you're really letting go of that survival identity and mourning the old self, you've already exercised your emotional intelligence muscle enough to know that no, I know that, you know, I know that I'm headed in the direction of love and bliss and inner peace and whatever other emotions are on your ideal emotional state list. Sadness is just letting you know that you're closing a cycle, that you're closing a chapter, that, that it's, and it, that it's okay. 
it's okay. That's another thing. Sad, you know, sadness, anger, it could be, it can come up as anger as well. Anger, depression. Again, you've already gotten experience with what those positive emotions are leading you towards so that when you kind of slam up against this mourning period, these older emotions are familiar and you can tell, you can differentiate, oh, these are, these are kind of part of my old self. And it's what I'm leaving behind. So sometimes people leave relationships or jobs and then they'll say, oh, I made a mistake. I can I come back? Can we get back together? Can we give this a try? Do you think that we ever really make those types of mistakes? Ooh, yes and no. It really it really depends. So if you made a decision from an intuitive, internally motivated, emotionally intelligent, mm. inner wisdom place. You're speaking all my favorite words today. <laughs> right. If you were centered when you made the decision, let's say to, to break up with somebody or that, to end a relationship. Yeah, I think that's a, a theme. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and then a year later you say, oh, that person actually, like you've gotten, you, you've gotten distance from it and you actually learn more about yourself in that year and you realize, oh, that person actually could have provided what I wanted or was very close to what I'm actually looking for and is aligned is it in some ways in alignment with who I am. What's really happening there. If you, if you made the decision from an, from a w internally wise place, it was the right thing to do. It's always going to be the right thing to do. If it was from an ego place and then a year later, you're still realizing, Oh, that person or that relationship was actually really, really aligned with who I truly am. Mm -hmm. Then it might be worth revisiting more often than not. If you made an internally wise decision and then a year later you're you're still kind of reevaluating that person, it may not necessarily be that actual relationship that you're aligning to, but what you're recognizing are the qualities of that relationship that are in alignment. Mm. The reason you left the relationship though, if you did make it from a internally wise decision is because there were other elements that were not in alignment. Yeah. And what you have Forget to trust <laughs> Right. What you have to trust is that you are, con we're always constantly aligning. If we're doing this work, we're constantly refining and attuning to our center at all times. So you're going to be more emotionally intelligent and more aligned in the year after, after the breakup than you were, you know, during, while you were in the relationship. And at that point, while you were in the relationship, there were probably things that you didn't know yet that you wanted, but intuitively something was off. And so you, so you decided to, to leave, right? It's all very hypothetical, but usually that's what's going on. So it's not necessarily the per, so, so especially when we talk about dating and we talk about aligned dating or being in an aligned relationship, what I always say is you gotta, you, you, obviously you can't date somebody's potential. Mm, wow. You cannot date somebody's potential. Usually that's what we have in mind when we're evaluating a relationship or a person, we're actually usually more attached to the idea of the person, the projection, the future projection of the person or the relationship. Now, the reason why, why we are doing that is because we are actually also projecting ourselves, the future version of ourselves into that relationship as well. Don't you feel like that could apply to jobs or maybe environmental moves because we, you know, we spend so much time envisioning what life will be like as a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, or we think, oh, when I move to Costa Rica and live in the jungle, my life is going to be great. You know, whatever it is that we're so attached to something that 
isn't ever there. Right. So that's a lot of the work that I do with my clients is making sure that our actual goals and those visions are really what we want. Mm, Now, we want to do that because when we have a goal or a dream or a vision, it's never really about the actual thing in the goal or thing in the dream. And I'm, what I mean by that is it's not actually about the dream house. It's not actually about the you know dream career. It's not actually about the perfect partner that doesn't really exist. Okay. <laughs> it is about how we think this goal or this dream is going to make us feel. Mm. That's what we want. We want a boat because it makes us feel free. Mm-hmm. We want a dream house because it makes us feel safe and secure. We want the the ideal partner because that will finally validate to us that we are lovable. Mm -hmm. So it's never really the actual thing that we're chasing. It is how we want to feel. So when we have, when we, envisioning is great. I love envisioning. That's actually how I make sure that uh, my clients are aligned to who they who they really are and, and are going after what they really want because a lot of us do have this vision of how we see ourselves our ideal self that's plain in our mind's eye what we need to be discerning about is and and get really honest with ourselves about is okay well why why do i want that thing mm-hmm. how does that thing make us feel okay do i want to be a ceo because it's going to make me feel powerful and respected and acknowledged in a way that i've never really felt before or was denied at another point in my life mm-hmm. am i trying to make up for that in some in some way am i trying to prove something to the, to the one person who never acknowledged my talent mm-hmm. in my life yep. so if that if that's your motivator if that which is it you know if you're trying to prove something to somebody or if you're trying to accumulate maybe a lot of money or a lot of power or control that's that's falls on the bucket of external validation and is an ego motivator how many people pause to do this work right to say okay ego work ego stuff is over here true self stuff is over here and here's how i tell the difference i'm sorry i interrupted you said ego is the external please proceed you're about to say something important yeah ego is the external and then anything that brings you peace Mm. inner calm Again, that love bliss vibration, that's going to be an internal motivator, something that gives you meaning, something that allows you to express your purpose and express yourself in this life. That's going to be an internal motivator. And that's how that go, that's the third, uh, like I said, the third component of emotional intelligence is that intrinsic motivation or what I like to call internal validation. Right. So 2020 was a year that shook us up. I don't know if everybody is leaving this year with the answers that they wish that they found. I think some of us are kind of confused. A lot of things came up about who we are. You know, we our last guest said it was kind of like a mirror where we got to learn all these things about ourselves. But what what is, you know, going into this new year, one thing that we could all do to begin to expand our own emotional intelligence? So I think probably the easiest way to kind of snap into this awareness, right? This self-awareness. If, if you're completely new to this whatsoever, is to understand that everything is always reflecting yourself back to you because we see through our own lens at all times. So what that means is that if you have a certain belief system, if you have a certain programming, if you have a certain set of egoic reactions that are running like the, your operating system, that's how you're always going to see things until you shift that. 
So if you really want to, to use the mirror example that your previous guest was talking about, if you really want to get to understand yourself, you can use triggers and emotionally challenging situations and other people and even negative emotions that you're feeling to, to immediately start to understand in the moment where you fall on the spectrum, like where you, where you are in terms of, am I, you know, thinking positively and practicing self-mastery and emotional intelligence, or am I, you know, is the tail wagging the dog? Is my ego running away with itself? Am I externally motivated? So like real basic example, like if, if you deal with a customer service representative, right. And you feel, and it's not going your way and you're not getting what you want and you're not getting helped and you get really, really frustrated and you start to get really angry at the other person that's on the other line. Take like the hardest thing is to stop in the middle of, of a moment, right? But that's what it is. It's trying to be able to, in any moment, get bird's eye view, like zoom out, zoom way out and get 40,000 feet in the air and look at what's going on and saying, okay, I'm feeling very frustrated right now because my needs aren't getting met. And the needs that are not getting met in this moment is I feel like this person isn't supporting me. Mm -hmm. I feel unsupported. I feel like I can't get what I want. Mm -hmm. I feel like nobody's here to help. I feel like I'm all alone, right? So the real quick way, the easy way to do that in the moment to diffuse a trigger is ask yourself, how does this making me feel right now? And ask yourself that over and over and over until you can get a one word answer. I love that. It boils down to one. And then there's always, I think then rationale comes in. I am feeling like you said, like with the customer service, I am feeling unimportant. You know, it's like, okay, now let me zoom out and remember that, you know, customer service at Target shopping online has nothing to do with my actual importance in in the moment. And I'm actually being self-important right now when this person's doing their best. And then you're compassionate to them. And then you're compassionate to yourself and the whole world's a gentler place. Look at that. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, it really, and it really can be that quick. It's all it is, is it's you're in a habit. If, if you haven't developed your emotional intelligence to the point where you can stop, right. Or, or not even get to that place where the ego is taking over. It's really just a habit. This is a way of thinking. This is a way of existing that you've developed over many, many years. And it's like any other habit. All you got to do is break the habit which we all know can be challenging, but that's all you got to do. It's like working out. And I think the first time you do it, it all gets easier from there. I don't know if you agree. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Because again, you prove to yourself that you can do yep, it. Yep. You've broke that. Also, it's a bad cycle. Like Functioning from the ego is really uncomfortable. Like you're ruminating in thoughts. You're angry for no reason. You're just wasting energy all over the place. All the time. The the problem is, is that we think that's normal. Yeah, yeah. At what what point in our life has anybody stepped in and been like, "Hey, hello, guess what? You're not. This isn't your natural state of being. Mm-hmm. You're actually supposed to be carefree and fulfilled and satisfied <laughs> and happy and loving, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. But that's you know that's not what's re- like always reflected back to us. Where it's it's you know doggy dog world out there, whatever cliche phrase you want to use. But that's just it doesn't have to be. You have you have the choice to change your circumstances in any moment. To change at the very least, if you can't change the physical circumstances, you can change how you feel. I think that's the beautiful note to even just end on is that you might not be able to change the circumstances, but you can change how you feel and you can listen to how you feel and use that information to propel you into who your authentic you is. I hope you agree. There's no 
age that's too late for that work? Oh, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, it can happen. Well, it should happen. Anytime. You can start this work at any point. And if you know, you're know you further on in life, you just have more information to work with. I, that's I agree. the beauty of I it. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I get a lot of people that are like, you know, I've been through this for too long. I do more like food work, but it's still the same thing. And I'm like, doesn't matter. You've got all the more on the line to uh, work with here and less time to waste. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Julia, so much for your time and helping us kick off this year on a really self-empowered, truthiest start. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.